It's always a good day when the Orioles beat the Yankees. This is Corey and this is the Yo, the Anthem podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Rob. And don't worry, like the Oscars, we're going to keep this to a tight three hours. <laughs> Welcome to episode <laughs> Only the most important stuff. <laughs> Welcome to episode 368 of the Yo, the Anthem podcast. Coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios. Hi above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash Yo, the Anthem. And I uh, realized uh, we started saying hashtag OTA LA Studios when we first moved here. Uh, th- I've aged myself because uh, I started telling people, the way, now that we are reopening the office, people are talking about coming back. We've had meetings at the office. Uh, I tell people, to get into the gate, you put in your code and hit pound. And I watched a girl put her code in and then fist bump <laughs> the button. <laughs> And it didn't work, but when you hit fist bump the button, it calls the front desk to like let, let you, you in. in. Yeah. And so we let her in, and then she said, my code didn't work. Uh, and I said, what did you do? And I, she told me, and I was like, so what you want to do is hit uh, your code and then hit hashtag, and that's like enter. It'll let you in. Yeah. And she was like, uh, pound. My mom used to say stuff like that. And then I was like, <laughs> okay. So I'm old. It's yeah. Official. Not that that was the first warning sign. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, the world continues to spin uh, without us uh, or I guess with us, but just, you know, um, holding on to it barely. Uh, and what would it be if it weren't yet another week with yet another police shooting? And that's, of course, where we lead off this week. Um, we stood at the precipice of victory Last week with uh, Derek Chauvin, whose name I almost just forgot, uh, being found guilty, looking inquisitively at the court like, accountability? This doesn't seem right. Where's Y'all my got me. What? <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, it, it's I tried to get everybody that I could on Twitter and all around just be like, yeah, I mean, they the- shot a kid. They shot a kid <laughs> yesterday, uh, you know. For 30 seconds before we move on, though, I think yeah. we should at least uh, bring up the fact, talk a little bit about it, because the trial uh, ended the day that we launched yes. the or dropped the podcast last week. Um, I just, uh, it's not justice, because, like, justice is, like, it, it doesn't happen, like, just once. <laughs> it's, like, justice accountability a, in this one instance, but... We didn't have to have an eight-week trial, because they were like, oh, we have a video, and, uh, oh, let's let's do this. Uh, not that we didn't have to have an eight-week trial, because it's good that we have to have a trial, and that's America, and that's great. Uh, justice is that after that eight-week trial with all the evidence presented, that everyone in the country isn't wondering what is going to come out as a verdict. Right. Um, when we see all of that evidence, uh, you know, the state doesn't have to put on evidence about a reasonable police officer, because everyone would say, no, that, that's completely unreasonable. Yeah. Why would you even say that? But meanwhile, if you were watching certain news networks, you would have heard, like, well, at what point does it become unreasonable? This guy's four inches taller than him. He's easily 20 pounds heavier than him. I'm like, is this really what we're arguing? Really, <laughs> are these are? are these the lines that we're blurring here? And, and apparently they are. Uh, and I didn't realize that. Was it was Derek Chauvin last Monday? Was that? Yeah. I mean, it was Tuesday when the, the verdict came out. And we were the Monday podcast that we did and then released on Tuesday. Had us going like, how long do you think the verdict's going to, or yeah. how long do you think they're going to deliberate for and stuff like that? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, uh, it I guess feels like a million years it. ago. 
by the way, uh, as was pointed out uh, in the Andrew Brown shooting, which we'll get to in a bit, um, police killed three men yesterday. They'll kill three men today. They'll kill three men tomorrow and three men the day after that. Because on average, three Americans, and I shouldn't say men, uh, just on average, there's yeah. usually more men than women. Um, police kill three people per day. That averages out to over a thousand people a year. In the worst years of the past few years, it was 1,900 people in a single year. Um, but it has been as low as, you know, a thousand. Yeah. So, you know, let's hope for the good years. The good right. years of only a thousand police killings. Um, um, favorite meme of the week was uh, the Good Cop Hall of Fame. Only one picture on the wall. Uh, Michael, his name escapes me. LAPD officer who then shot other cops and went on the run. Um, oh, <laughs> good cop. Hall of Fame. Um, because he, uh, a troublesome guy, not a perfect example, but, uh, did at the end of his career with the LAPD, uh, basically rat out other bad officers. And then they fired him instead of addressing the problem within the department. Yeah. So he went on a killing spree, uh, which there are, Worse ways to deal with that problem, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I would argue that the cops have been doing a worse way of handling that problem for a long time. Oh, like, you mean how like you kill somebody on camera and then put out a press release that has no 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 real mention, facts no, yeah. <laughs> no real facts in it whatsoever. But uh, yeah, so I guess to, to cover Derek Chauvin, uh, if you missed it, um, you didn't get my reference at the beginning about he was basically just looking up at the judge and then looking over to the jury as they were reading out the verdict, like. Has the definition of guilty changed at some point? I'm not really clear uh, on what's happening here. But at the same time, uh, every time I cut to his lawyer, all I could see in his face was like, it's appeal. appeal. We're going to definitely appeal this. Uh, There's so many things to appeal. It's fine. So it's not the end. Uh, And then... Well, sentencing is really the... I mean, like, you know, (laughs) we... If you wonder how slow the justice system works, you got the, the cameras stuck around just long enough for them to be like, all right, so we're going to be back in four weeks uh, for the PSI. and Six to eight for the sentencing. Yeah. Six to eight for sentencing. And you're like, okay. Now, that may be unfamiliar to you because, by the way, uh, Derek Chauvin's getting <laughs> It's not treatment. like a cop show, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, Law and Order where it's just like the guilty, the j- jury comes in with the guilty and the judge just looks at the guy and goes like, I give you a hundred years in prison. <laughs> now, uh, I will say if you are a person of color and, um, maybe you have a very stressed out, uh, public defender, there is a chance that they, I mean, they could do sentencing right there. Yeah. Um, if you, you could have, ask for it, right? Like yes and no, you have to make an argument generally why a PSI is necessary and why like there's some factors the judge needs to take into consideration. The judge here is doing the, like, I don't want to give you 40 years and have it thrown out on appeal because they found my decision on your sentencing to be incorrect. Yeah. So we're going to take all the factors into consideration. And again, I never practiced in Minnesota. So Minnesota may do this for every single conviction. I don't know. But I know that of the criminal cases I did, there was a PSI done on some of them. Usually it was like the 30, 40, 50-year-old white person who's like upstanding citizen. Their whole life. Yeah. Never did anything wrong. This is their first mistake. And then when we got to the PSI, it was like, so in his early 20s was involved in some questionable business practices, <laughs> which led to uh, the, the wrapping up of business of a business in the Bahamas. But we can ignore that. Because, oh, okay. <laughs> so, For a short period of time, he was involved in large scale narcotics trafficking. But who wasn't in the 80s? It was the 80s. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, so essentially what you're telling me is he's escalated from 
non-violent crimes to eventually <laughs> to hitting someone violent. while drunk in his car. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, well, let, let's get to uh, Andrew Brown because yes, that's the new that's one. That's the story of this yeah. movie. Uh, and, and I will say, uh, Andrew Brown, not the person who was murdered by police during the reading of the Chauvin verdict. Uh, that was another young lady in Minnesota, a what, half hour drive away from uh, where the courtroom was. That I'm not sure it was in Minnesota. I thought it I thought was. it was in Illinois. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, it, it was a short distance away from in the same time zone. <laughs> yes, uh, but uh, and everyone, come, can we just stop the whatabouts? Honestly, like I have tried to stop the whatabouts when it comes to my beliefs. Like you're absolutely right. That is a valid point. That being said, you're wrong about how you're using that to argue something else. Yeah, you have a freedom of religion. But that's dumb. Uh, you're arguing that you shouldn't get a vaccine because Jesus protects you. That's stupid. <laughs> We're going to get to that too. Yeah. Uh, but um, I tried not to do the whatabouts. The, this girl lived in a foster home. There was apparently an assault. She pulled When the cops pulled up, she had a knife. The, the people are getting into an argument about it. she was defending herself or she was attacking this person. She didn't deserve to be shot on a sidewalk. How about that? Um, yeah. I love the movie Judge Dredd. It's a good movie. It's fiction. The idea that a single person can come up to a scene and say, I have now taken all the evidence. I'm going to get all the parameters and just everything's here. Make your arguments. Okay. Here is my decision. And I will also become the uh, judge and executioner. Uh, Because Judge Dredd also did the like, um, 40 credit penalty. And he could like take credits out of your account or whatever. Yeah. Like, so it wasn't always killing you. Sometimes it was like taking your hand off if you stole something. Yeah. Um, but it was always just like carrying out the sentence as well. This cop rolls up on the on scene and 15 seconds later is like, I've, I have all the facts here and I am going to judge you guilty of whatever I think. And I'm also going to shoot you on scene. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at the end of this whole thing, we're, we're going to have to have a serious talk about, uh, like war crimes. How, well, I mean, like, how would you how would you approach your son or daughter if they were in this situation? Like, you know, like because like I I think that there are different le- in everyone's mind. There's different levels of how we how we would treat somebody in a crisis situation, and I feel like there's not as much at the at the bottom line. There's just not an empathy that's going on here. Yeah, as to like other ways that the situation could be handled. Because the one that always gets me, and you know, like I get the the uh, the the old line used to be, you know, like oh, the the cops got a tough job, and you yeah. don't understand what how difficult it is. And I can understand that to a degree, but you've kind of lost the the argument there <laughs> yeah. with all the horrible decisions that have been made. Um, but I, I just it, it seems like none of this comes from a place of empathy but rather the like the warrior training that a lot of police officers do sort of like takes out the like you know like think like a person yeah like it kind of drills you down to the basic tactical elements of any kind of situation that you would approach and that's just not working for (laughs) for what we need nowadays like it doesn't work in baghdad by the way it doesn't work in baghdad it makes us look bad when people are doing that in iraq let alone if you're doing it in Illinois or Minnesota or Maryland. Like we shouldn't have that mindset. Yeah. And 
So, Andrew Brown. Well, let's finally get to that. Uh, gentleman who was chased by police across state lines in North Carolina and then shot by a combination of the police in from whatever state he was chased from and North Carolina. And uh, the police gave a statement about what the chase was and who he was. And then they said, we're going to be fully open and honest with the public about this. We're going to release the video. We're going to let the family see the video. And they let the family see the video today. And apparently it was 20 seconds of edited video. And they have basically said, we're going to redact the video that's released to the public, meaning we're going to blur out the faces of the officers. Yeah. There was some upset people and protesting. And this was responded to by officers coming out and once again covering up their badge numbers and their name, not wearing name tags. So nameless, badge numberless, faceless men in riot gear putting down a riot. And if that sounds like V for Vendetta, it basically is. Or, or I shouldn't say that. Any dystopian future I mean, police state. What's what's uh, what's so amazing to me about this whole thing is that we have uh, certain protections that we're allowed to ask our government for material facts because we as a taxpayer paid for it. Yes. So I could do a Freedom of Information Act request and get like the meetings of all the discussions that have been made about like, you know, uh, adding metro stations in L.A. Yes. here. Uh, I could pay the, the the amount that it takes to file the Freedom of Information Act request and I could just get all this shit. Mm -hmm. And you know, usually you don't want to do that unless you're like suing them or doing something like that. But uh, I, it's amazing that we pay for the body cameras. We pay for the police. We can't get this information. Uh, there was the case out of New Mexico, Arizona, a couple years back. Daniel Schaefer, yeah, uh, I think Arizona. was his name. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the video, which was released after the trial was done because Arizona had a shield law yeah. against... Yeah. Releasing that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, the guy got off. The cop got off. Uh, and, you know, even the material facts in the case that we're getting out, like he had on his rifle butt or something like that. that yeah. He shot Daniel Schaefer with like you're fucked on yes. like etched into it. Into his AR-15. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like Punisher tattoos and all sorts of shit like that. And then yep. Yep. Uh, when they finally released the video. It was horrifying. It was an execution. It was yeah. it was like straight up like it it looked like the type of thing that would happen in a a drug interaction. Like if you were if you, if a drug dealer was coming to but take you out. Like again, there were videos out of Baghdad, Bagram right. Prison, that looked wor uh, better than like oh these guys just had to dance naked up on a post. This one, um, he said crawl towards me and as he started crawling towards him he just shot him uh yeah. and you know his allegation was well he reached back to yeah well his pants were falling down <laughs> and he reached and grabbed his pants to keep them from falling down and you shot him before anything else happened so okay cool um and that's essentially what i imagine this andrew brown situation is going to be that one wrong move uh and andrew brown got shot by a bunch of cops i just think personally too to my life when I have like one-off interactions with people, like getting in the elevator, and they're just like, uh, they look at me and they're like, "Nice day today," and I'm like, "You too," <laughs> mm. uh, because I just didn't like for whatever reason my brain was broken in that moment. Yep. Um, and now I think about if I found myself in a police encounter where they're yelling fifteen different things at me at the same time, three different cops just yeah, yelling consistently with guns pointed at me, and yep. I'm I'm trying to 
react to all of the different like don't move get down stay up like okay uh-huh. <laughs> which one of those do you want me to to respond to yeah. uh don't talk back to us <laughs> yeah a visual gag for the podcast um <laughs> I don't know. But that's basically where we are. I, and I think that the the example you used earlier about like uh, if people could have just a smidge of putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Yeah. That would change everything about society. I mean, like uh, it makes me think of the COVID deniers who then get on their videos afterwards and like, I got COVID. It's absolutely real. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the um, God, the, the Netflix documentary of the, the uncle and the nephew who are now convicted of murder and they're trying to get them off. Uh, making a murderer. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like you see that and it's like, oh, wait, they can actually, there's no way. That kid, they pressured him into a confession. Like, that happens all the time. Yeah. Like, and you <laughs> there's saw, a lot of cases that don't have documentaries made about them yeah, when that sort of yeah, shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, Catherine Zellner's thing now is uh, using that case to be like, this is worse than the Stephen Avery case. I can tell you there's no documentary about it, but it's worse than that case. So, I mean, more power to her to do that, but there's just something about people that unless it happens to me, it's not important. And I can't put myself in those people's shoes. And I do not understand that. The biggest come to Jesus moment we could have as a country is to say, I just need to figure out how to put myself in the position of another person. And without experiencing this myself, be able to understand what they might have been feeling in that moment. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? But we are not there yet. Uh, so Andrew Brown is dead. Uh, his family is mourning. And um, we will probably, it will probably take a trial before we find out exa- if there is a trial. Because this is North Carolina, not Minnesota. Yeah. Um, it will have to find out what actually happened. Um, and one of the big issues that's coming up now is... Uh, the qualified immunity of the officers because North Carolina is much more likely to flex the qualified immunity than Minnesota was. Uh, Minnesota's officer's bill of rights is nothing compared to what you're going to find between uh, the Mason Dixon line and the Southern border of the United States. Wonder why. Yeah. (laughs) Strange thing about this. So um, another thing I, I did like about the, the Brown family for what it's worth is that they were there talking about qualified immunity and, the George Floyd uh, Justice and Policing Justice Act. And Policing yeah. Act and saying like, listen, we can't bring Andrew back. We can get just we can get an accountability for him here, but we need to push the conversation forward. The only way we're going to do that is by getting this law passed. And much as would be expected, um, I saw some statements from congressmen, senators about it. Uh, I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked you earlier. If I could give you three guesses as to one commonality about every congressman and senator who defends qualified immunity, what would you think that was? White. White. <laughs> uh, the second the second commonality? Men. All men. Yeah. So strange. Uh, white men from middle of the country districts. And by middle of the country, I also include the South. We, the Sun Belt and the Bible Belt uh, are the two places where these people are from. And you think that you're... I, you, Right. Oh, Rob, you could have just said Republican. Oh, no. Yeah. Because there are Republicans who are like, you know what? We really do need to wind back this qualified immunity thing. But then you get Democrats who are in West Virginia who are like, I don't fuck with cops, man. Uh, yeah. I got I got to get reelected in a couple of years. So we lose Democrats. We gain we, when we gain Republicans, we lose Democrats on even something like this. And we've talked about the, the Senate being a problem. 
whether or not they're going to undo the filibuster and all that stuff. Whether well, it's I mean, if a, you if you want the George Floyd uh, act, you are going to have to get rid of the filibuster. The only way that that's the only way it's happening. Um, and the the idea that Democrats have the opportunity to actually do something here and decide not to, because I mean, the the Republicans are at some point going to just do it. Like, yeah, they're gonna they they will have no qualms about getting rid of the filibuster. They already did. And well, I mean, they got rid it. of. Yeah, they already got rid of it for reconciliation purposes, yes. but like and for judicial appointments. Yes. But I mean, we're, we're going to get there at some point with. And by the way, both of those things, there were chances for the Democrats to do it before. And yeah. they said, listen, we're not going to do something different. How here. would we wouldn't dare do that? And the Republicans were like, you better not. That's <laughs> right. And the first time it came up with them in power, they're like, what? I mean, that's a tradition, but it's not a rule. <laughs> and then they just undid it. Yeah, and, yeah. and so, like, we reached this point where uh, it's called it's the ratchet. Uh, it's the ratchet and lock effect where Republicans are consistently trying to ratchet us to the right. And then Democrats don't allow the ratchet to fall back. What it, they do is just set a lock and they're yeah. like, no further, no further. <laughs> but then the Republicans come in and ratchet another section and then Democrats lock it again. And this is why. I mean, we don't have a left party. We have a center party, the Democrats, and we have a right party getting righter every day, the Republicans. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of all tied up in this, uh, the court is also very far right. Uh, and you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned uh, standing there as three officers give you 15 different commands. Now imagine they're worried you have a gun on you because every state can have concealed carry permits. That'll be the reality next year. Um, because if this Supreme, case goes through the Supreme, yeah. yeah, Supreme Court is uh hearing a case on uh on concealed carry permits out of New York. Essentially, uh, my understanding of this is they are the appellant is fighting the arbitrary and capricious nature of the uh, allowance of concealed carry permits in the city of New York specifically. What it is is three cases jointly. There's a lot of cases, but the heart of it is three cases where these three appellants are looking at two cases where two concealed carries were granted. These three were denied. The facts are essentially exactly the same other than the person. Mm -hmm. And they're pointing out that they were just done on different days over the course of two years. And this body has no set of rules. It has, it's not bound by precedent. So it just basically says on every separate case, we're going to decide. Yeah. Now the ones who got it were wealthier. They were represented by counsel. That counsel knew how to place an argument. And if you have a constitutional right to something, should that be a limit limited by your ability to afford counsel? I usually would agree with that argument a hundred percent. In this case, I don't know that I do. And this is a, a an emotionally fluxing case for me because I'm also very much for concealed carry permits. However, I believe this is going to lead to the murder of a lot of people when every cop's going to be able to say, well, he reached for his waistband. Yeah. You know, everybody can have a concealed carry permit now. How am I supposed to know? Um, and if you're in Baghdad and you stop somebody at a checkpoint and they reach for their waistband... You can shoot them yeah. because that is essentially putting you in danger. And in war, our mentality is I would shoot you to protect me and my buddies. Now, we're not supposed to do that for cops, but cops are essentially trained like soldiers now. Warrior mentality where me, my life is more important than yours. His life 
more important than yours. My buddy, his yeah. life is more important than yours. That citizen's life, eh, arguably more important than yours. But I would kill you before I would let you do any harm to them. Yeah. Now, that is excluding the fact that any other de-escalating action may also lead to us all going home safe. Yeah. But if you don't go home safe, that's the least of my concerns. So, SCOTUS is going to hear this case. Um, we're about to hear the true heart of the court. Uh, we've seen Roberts side with the liberals on the court uh, for the past few decisions, which I don't think were liberal decisions. They were just... Um, libertarian decisions that yeah. happen to align with liberal beliefs where Roberts was just like, I don't want government getting involved in this. No. Yeah. Um, and in fact, some of the cases didn't come to the court because they didn't have enough votes to get it to the court because Roberts didn't agree with the, the conservatives. However, uh, I, he obviously did. This has got, was granted uh, writ of certiori. It'll be on review. I would also chastise conservatives to say, Second Amendment, not the same as outlawing abortion. You're going to look at this when it inevitably is going to be like, yes, you can't have this arbitrary and capricious test. It has to be a checklist. If you meet the checklist, you get it. If you don't, you don't. And then the cases that follow this, which is how the states will address it. This, and try and keep this it. is going to be the, the problem in the end of the day is that the, the Supreme Court has had a long history here of not wanting to write a judgment in the way that can cr be created as a standard of law yes but rather a approval or disapproval of the constitutionality of the way that it was reached we don't like this <laughs> yeah so somebody will come up with the uh, with a case like this and they'll say uh we don't we don't like it and we think that it should be overturned you know like uh and that these people should be able to get their concealed carry permits yes but and we're those not gonna people will but, get theirs but we're not gonna rule on anything else yeah. related to this because we just want you to bring more cases where yes. we say yes or no and not like why, uh, which it, is it's called the bright line rule test. The Supreme Court avoids bright line rules. Yeah. They don't want to say here is how you make a law that uh, abides by it and not even one of the most controversial things that we talk about okay, abortion. There is no bright line rule. The gray line rule, if you want to call it that, is up to six months. The fetus is a part of the of the mother, and therefore the mother's rights control. After viability at six months, the fetus rights control. So that's essentially where the rule is. And now what we've seen is these cases are like, well, but viability is now at like 22 weeks. So does that mean 22 weeks becomes a new line? Yeah. And they say, nah, we're not going to take that case, which is essentially them saying, no, that's not yeah. viability. Right. Um, and then you get some later that are like, uh, well, I mean— Shouldn't the woman's rights control all the way up to the end? And they're like, nah, we said fetuses' rights are yeah, what yeah. they are. So we're not going to hear that case. And basically you create this gray area in the you middle. You start winnowing out the... What is the and what is yeah. yeah. And that, But they avoid the thing where they're like, all right, so New York, here's how you set a test <laughs> that would be constitutional. Right. And that is a modern thing. Um, when they first heard cases on the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments, the Supreme Court was like, all right, the 13th Amendment, very plain, no slavery. I don't know why we need to really get involved in this, but here's how you can test whether someone's a slave or not. All right. Uh, equal protection under the law. Uh, this law applies, to, and mostly, honestly, that was because uh, you had a bunch of guys from the North who were on the Supreme Court. Yeah. And most of the cases were coming out of, like, Georgia, and they were just like, any chance to slap down the Southern states again, they would take it. Um, 
But then we started getting Southerners back on the court. And then we got into this nonsense. So but, we're doing it again. Yeah, so now we're back to the winnowing. And um, again, I would just caution people to say, with Robert siding with the conservatives here does not mean that when you bring your abortion case at six weeks or uh, 16 days, heartbeat is 16 days. That's that's viability. Like, yeah. I don't know that Roberts is going to side with you uh, on that one. It's a completely different topic. But if you ask Tucker Carlson, this is going <laughs> to be the bellwether of the next 25 years of the Supreme Court. So, yeah. uh, also, shut up, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Christ's sake. Man, I was just watching a minute of him prior to us starting. Like, yeah, that's why my blood yeah. pressure is up by 40 points. <laughs> no masks. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Uh, we'll get to COVID stuff here in a minute. Um, because evangelicals are definitely part of the problem here. Yes. Um, but first, uh, locally, uh, it seems like the uh, Secretary of State has given some sort of pre-guidance to the idea that uh, there will be a recall election yes. uh, involving Gavin Newsom uh, and that we have uh, already started to get some people throwing their names in the, the ring there. Yes. Uh, most notably, uh, two people outside of California, mm-hmm. Caitlyn Jenner is uh, running as a Republican, uh, she is. She's uh, running as a Republican. She's a she's a pro-Trump type. So uh, we got that to look forward to throughout the course of this. I By know the way, I said ev- kick- evangelicals were the problem, but Christ <laughs> on the cross. <laughs> uh, she she uh, started off with a, a bit of controversy, too, uh, talking about how Gavin's district attorneys are, are running amok throughout the state of California. To which quickly people were trying to ex- explain to her, no, uh, this is uh, all the district attorneys are elected. Uh, like Ted Lieu, the congressman, yes. was just like, uh, for example, there's a Republican in Orange County yep. elected district attorney. So certainly not Gavin Newsom's district. <laughs> and it's like not like they, he has any say over what they do. So uh, mm-hmm. she's already not showing the ability to understand how government works yes so perhaps we should uh not pay too much attention well so you said there was a second person who people outside california might recognize no i mean uh, so the the people i've heard so far uh john cox who already ran against gavin newsom in the election that made him governor uh who lost by 24 or 26 points or something like that at the time uh i think he's in uh, Mary Carey, the porn star who ran against Gray Davis yes. way back when. She's in again. Who got a significant uh, portion of the votes. Yes. I mean, you know, it was it's a winner take all. So, yeah. Um, and then I think uh, Falconer, the mayor of San Diego, is also getting involved. Uh, but I don't know if he's officially in yet. Uh, the question at, at the heart of the Democratic side of this whole conversation, though, is uh, uh, it's it's a two part question. Yes. It's should Gavin Newsom be recalled? Yes or no? Yes. Uh, and then you can say no, but then there's also, if he were to be recalled, who would you, who vote? Would you vote for? Yes. Um, and now the question is, should the Democrats have somebody just waiting there to become governor in case the recall effort goes forward and then they need somebody to pick? Uh, but then there's also this thing of like, no Democrat should get involved in this because uh, it could potentially winnow away people like... Maybe if people who really want to vote for Antonio Villaraigosa <laughs> are going to say, yes, we should recall Gavin Newsom so they could get that outcome yes. so that yeah. they could vote for him 
and then he would lose inside of a field of a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. And and I mean that's the uh, the difficulty that we run into. Um, the only one of the only ways a Republican can win the state of California governorship is one of these recalls because yeah. it is winner take all. There's no runoff, and uh, yes, uh, Newsom won by 25 points. It was heads up him versus Cox. Yeah. If he won, he won by 25 points, so that would be what, like 65, 45, right? Is that math right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, even higher, though. Something Probably 69, <laughs> 68, yes. yeah. So, but the problem is that if you throw one more Democrat into that, a popular Democrat, um, and Gavin Newsom is a Northern California Democrat, and you throw in a, a Faulkner or a Villaraigosa, a Southern Democrat. Yeah. Then, Faulkner's a Republican, but yes. Oh, Republican. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying if it was like a three-way race and there was a... Two Democrats and a Republican. There was a Biden, there was a Bernie, and there was a Trump. Yes. Uh, the Biden and the Bernie people might finish at less than a third where the Republican could finish at a uh, little more than a third and then win because even though there was way more Democratic votes in two of these candidates... <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yes. The one person who won is the one who moves on. And imagining that you know both sides lose some to... Caitlyn Jenner, some lose, some to Mary Carey, but like they're not going to lose enough. It, proportionally, if you took Gavin Newsom's vote, cut it in half, split it between two Democrats, yeah. John Cox wins because it's winner take all. There's no runoff. So this is how you get a Republican. And I've heard two arguments about this. Number one, Arnold Schwarzenegger won in a runoff and he wasn't a bad governor, to which I say yes. <laughs> he also wasn't a great governor. Yeah, he, was. Um, he is a libertarian governor who's just like, I'm going to let California be great. And I'm going to do that by not doing anything and just letting it be great. <laughs> and that's awesome. It also may have turned out tragically if something horrible had happened that needed to be addressed. Yeah. I don't know. We don't, we'll never know. Um, but could California have had even greater growth during that period? Maybe and I mean so. like, you know, for, for all the Republicanism that uh, gets thrown around with Schwarzenegger, he was a pretty liberal Republican. Yeah. Uh, he at stole the time, votes from both Democrats and Republicans, which is why he won. I mean, at the time, he was he was probably <laughs> the most liberal Republican in the country. Uh, and that's not saying, like, you know, at that time, that wasn't saying a whole lot because there were some sort of, like, quasi-liberal Republicans. Yeah. Uh, but there was uh, nobody quite like uh schwarzenegger but then also i think republicans said like well you need to have a little bit of that to win california like yes you can't we're, we're gonna let him have that it's like the hogan thing like hogan isn't a hard line right alt right conservative like he's but not he's got to win maryland Corey. he's got he's got to win, win some democrats yeah. so you know <laughs> it's okay if he's a little bit fuzzy on the abortion issue you know he's got he's got to win that state but we know where his heart is we know where his heart really is <laughs> if he has a chance to ban it he'll do it yeah <laughs> um but I, so the the other thing that came out of this uh, is a response to Caitlyn Jenner's campaign, and that is, we can respect Caitlyn Jenner's pronouns. We can also not vote for her for governor. Yeah, we can do both of these things, and we should do both of these things. Like the initial response, of course, of hatred coming out was a lot of like transphobic hatred, and that doesn't need to be there. Like you know. Personal choices, life choices aside, yeah, um, not going to make a very good governor. That's really what I would think. I, I, we listen. We dodged a bullet with Schwarzenegger. Uh, we didn't dodge that bullet with Trump. Now let's let's call it fifty fifty on famous people becoming leaders. 
let's just not throw that coin again. Why? Why would we? Why would we do that again? I mean, I think the the ultimate problem was that we had someone like Jesse Ventura, who was the first version of this, <laughs> yeah. and it worked out well. Yeah, like I mean, reasonably well. Uh, uh, but he was. He was ultra independent. He yeah. did everything he possibly could <laughs> to stay out of, to not only stay out of both the parties, but sort of like poke each one of them occasionally. Just to he was a wrestler. Show he, yeah. was a heel. he was <laughs> he just, upsetting everybody. And by the way, uh, the, he became a good governor because both parties hated him, and yeah. it turned everyone on him. The party they kind of made things yes. work because they were just like, well, we can't even deal with venture. We got to figure it out. And they then would like come out with crazy shit and the legislature would be like, well, we're not doing that. Let's come up with an <laughs> agreement. And they were getting a lot of stuff done. Yeah. Whether that was his plan or not, I don't know. But it seems like a smart plan to be like, if everybody hates me, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Now we're working together on stuff. Yeah. And none of the stuff he wanted got done because he's very libertarian. He wanted to roll back freaking everything yeah. that he could. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you're looking at the benefit for the people of Minnesota, it worked out really well for them. Yeah. Um, and it was a very like progressive for the United States, not really for Minnesota, but progressive <laughs> for the United States time. People came together and they got a lot done. And he was very successful. But also I would say he was not a celebrity of real celebrity. No, and he was he was a uh he was more tied into the political process before he was, I mean, he never ran for anything. He never won an office, but he was more politically outspoken at the time. I've never heard Caitlyn Jenner say anything uh, political that I can think of. No. And everything that I'm just hearing about political statements after she decides to start her run. Not great. (laughs) Makes me think that she doesn't really get it. have a firm grasp of this thing. So I'm just inclined. My, my, my problem is not the trans part of it. Uh, and sadly, I understand why uh, people make fun of her for being trans because that's an easy target for yeah. a lot. Of, and people are people who are going to make fun of you are going to look for whatever the easiest target is. Uh, <laughs> and I think that a lot of people don't have as much personal uh, experience with trans people. So therefore, it makes it something that you can separate yourself from. Yeah. Uh, the other we have the other with us well i mean like you know there was lots of like gay talk when when nobody knew any gay people yeah when it was like a secret society of just people who lived in san francisco and then when you realize that they lived everywhere and that your best friend could possibly be gay or something like that i've lived that life yeah like (laughs) which one of the two are you (laughs) (laughs) that is the uh the version of life where it's like uh you take a picture of uh three hot girls and you're like Two of, the two of you are looking great today. <laughs> just let them turn on each other in the comments. Um, but uh, yes, I, my whole my whole problem is that uh, she's a Kardashian, not that she's a <laughs> yes, not yes. that she's trans transgender. I really I could care less. I I I could care so little about like whether or not somebody's trans or gay or black or Native American or anything. Like I I literally could not care less. My problem is, or one of my, never had to be a question, but now one of my first questions is, are you some way related to the Kardashian clan? Because that should be an automatic disqualifier. Much like, are you related to the Trump clan would just be a simple. Automatic disqualifier. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want Eric. I don't want Don Jr. I don't want Ivanka. (laughs) I I will say, however, you and I are not. I don't want Barron in 40 years. (laughs) I mean, he could technically run for something in like 10 years. 20. What, how I mean, I guess he could be like a mayor or some maybe New somewhere. York State, New York State House, man. It's 21. Oh. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah. So he's like so 12, he's, right? 13? Something like that, right? Yeah, 10 years. 10 ah, years. Fuck that. Yeah. We're old. Uh, so what else watch is him, that? Watch him be like a Bernie bro. <laughs> <laughs> God, let's hope so. Oh, what would give his dad a heart attack? Bernie bro in the house. Uh, but you and I are not average voters. And I remember one, I remember a lot, but this one specific thing about my own campaign back in 2006, where one of my opponents brought up an issue. My response to it was, that's not controlled by the delegates. So it's not really something we should bring into a debate here. It's, it's, uh, that's a federal issue. Not even federal money allotted to the state. Like the federal government takes care of that. Yeah. In the exit poll from that debate, my response was rated under a 10%. And his response was rated above a 70%. And I'm just like, so what you're saying is. You the, wanted to hear my you, response to the thing I had no control over? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, the, it doesn't matter that it's not in their control. It's that like, uh, oh, so what you're saying is you don't have an answer. Like, no, bitch, I could have answered the fucking question, but we're not here for that. Right. Are we going to have a political debate? Am I back in political science class? Or are we talking about a job that both of us want? Yeah. And Ted Lou can point out how that is not controlled by the governor at all. But there will be people who are like, well, I didn't hear anybody saying anything about it, did they? <laughs> no. So how about that? On top of it, Caitlyn Jenner, on top of that issue, like, it, it's not an issue. It's not something that's controlled by the job. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because people are dumb. Um, As governor of California, I wouldn't let D.C. become a state. You don't get to be involved in that choice. Not a discussion. Which, by the way, did that? Did somebody say that they were going to let D.C. be a 51st state? Yeah, Congress. Like 13 stories. Congress passed uh, passed a D.C. or put in a D.C. statehood thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it'll go to the Senate where it will fail. But uh, the Republicans are are trying to figure out like reasons why it can't be, <laughs> and it's hysterical. It's just like, so one congresswoman was uh uh saying that uh, D.C. can't be a state because it would be the least populous state that has senators, and she said it right in front of Liz Cheney, <laughs> who's the <this laughs> congressperson for Wyoming, which has less people than Washington D.C. Like Liz Cheney's just back there, like. I don't have to correct her. That's not my job. Where's the parliamentarian? Anybody? All right. Uh, yeah, by yeah. the way, just for people who don't know, uh, uh, Wyoming and Vermont have less people than Washington, D.C. So yeah. that would uh, be... What's really going to be messed up is when somebody comes out with the uh, the, the compromise. We're like, here's what we're going to do. <coughs> we're going to split Texas in half, and it's going to become two states. And if you let Texas in on the second state, uh, then we'll let D.C. come in. And then you're like, wait, is this like... Is this like slave and free states? Is this what we're doing? We're just going to let one of each in? Is that how it, how it works? All right, cool. All right, good. Uh, we're back here to 1850. Great. Uh, so 10 years to the Civil War. I'll see you there. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, because the stories I read, I was just like, some of these quotes, I don't understand. Yeah. What is the argument we're making against statehood? It's not, no, uh, it's arguably Republican saying taxation with re without representation, not a problem, <laughs> which yeah. seems very anti-Republican to me. I mean, the, the one that I thought was interesting, worthy of worthy of a little bit of debate. I mean, like I wouldn't want it to happen at all, yeah, but like yeah. at least a conceptual debate is the Mitt Romney idea, which is just make DC part of Maryland, like ah. give it a congressional district and yeah. make it vote in Maryland. Oh, it gives uh, us an extra 600,000 voters. So I mean, it gives us a, a pretty huge city too, which yeah. would be nice. I mean, like 
It's not like <laughs> I'm sure if California could just pick off Vegas, <laughs> they yeah. <would> take it. <laughs> like <yeah>. Nevada loses three <laughs> congressional districts. I'm not sure Nevada would be down for that. And like, by the way, as we're doing that with Vegas, it's like, like Reno too. All right, uh, <laughs> it's like uh, it's like stealing someone's sports teams to a new level. It's just like. <laughs> Yo, oh, this <laughs> California's like, oh, you want to take the Raiders? Okay, <laughs> bah, got him back. What up now? Yeah, that's right. You thought you were getting away. <laughs> I think if we took Reno and Clark County yeah. into California, Nevada would then become the least populous state oh, in sure the country. I'm <laughs> sure Jesus I would. Christ. <laughs> the amount of people. Um, so turning now to places which are not very unpopulated, I suppose, uh, and a problem which is arguably just as important as um, DC State. <laughs> when I make Corey snore, that's when you know I really got it. By the way, uh, if you heard snoring in the background, that wasn't producer Roberto, who is here with us tonight. Thank you, it's producer Roberto. Associate producer Brooks. Yes, it was producer Brooks, who is literally sleeping on the job and <laughs> snoring like a grown man. So. It's okay. He's, he's making sure that we don't say anything inappropriate and doing a great job. <laughs> so, uh... Thus far, don't sleep on the job, buddy. It's a long <laughs> show. So uh, I want to turn to uh, COVID news uh, and the big news of the week. Um, besides the fact that uh, 8% of people don't go back for their second shot, which the fuck, guys, <laughs> really? Um, which we ta- we've talked about before. It, it went from 35 to 8%. So um, people are dumb and the internet will show you that. There you go. Uh, the biggest story is that there is a crisis brewing in India. And a crisis continuing in Brazil. And the reason this is important, and I know we'll get back to that issue of like, well, it's not happening to me, so it doesn't really, I don't really care about it. Um, the reason that you should care about it is we have a vaccine that is great on strain A or strain zero, whatever you want to call the origination of COVID 19. Right. We also have a vaccine that seems to work very well on the Four major variants that are affecting the Western world. Yeah. Uh, India is having a problem. In so much as uh, it, it does seem to be protecting you to a degree. From does, death. Yeah. I will take from death. Uh, listen, if the polio vaccine was like, uh, you're going to get a little sick, but no iron lung and no wheelchair. I'd be like, sign me up. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, those two things. I, I, that, I'm good. It's pretty uh, much the worst part about the. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to get you're going to get sick for four weeks and get paid vacation from work. No wheelchair there? No iron lung? All right. Would you rather be blind or wear glasses? <laughs> uh, I make that choice every single day, Corey, when I put my contacts in. Um, but yeah, so uh, the, the difficulty is that India it has met us per capita in vaccine uh, dispersal. They're at like 22%. I think we're at like 25%. Uh, I don't know if everybody's showing up for their second dose in India. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but... The difficulty with that is they have a billion people, which means them hitting 22, 25% is the entire population of the United States, adult population of the United States. Um, and they've hit a lot of the, the urban areas, which are good, but they're having difficulty out in the rural areas. And the reason you should care, even though you are not in India and you have a vaccine, is... Places like rural India, rural Brazil, where they're still having huge problems there, rural China, uh, rural areas in a lot of places, is that a variant might develop there that the vaccine doesn't work for. So if we can't get if the we worldwide get, vaccine... If, if we get all the way to the one-yard line and Pete Carroll this thing, as yes. a global community, yes. 
then we are going to hate our lives pretty soon. And by the way, I, I don't know why I take particular pleasure in referring to it as Pete Carroll in the situation. <laughs> Maybe it's because I really like Beast Mode and everything that he stands for. Like yeah. the... Uh, uh, I haven't spent a dollar of my NFL paycheck. I can live on that for the rest of my life. So fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. I love that. Yeah. Love it. He's an actor now. Love yeah. that too. Uh, but <laughs> a prodigious kickball player. I just, it's, you have <clears throat> the highest paid running back <laughs> in all of football. The Super Bowl is on the line. Yeah. And you say to yourself, let's throw it. They'll never be. They'll never, be. <laughs> They'll We're never think. <laughs> There's nothing to go wrong with this play. It's going to be absolutely fine. But yeah, so Pete Caroling, if we if we Pete Carroll this as a global community because we get 50, 60, 70% of the global community vaccinated and then we've ignored these places because brown people and they don't matter. Uh, and then a variant pops up and we're like, oh, back to square one. Yeah, back or, to lockdowns and your vaccine means nothing. And Or Rob's dream comes true and it's that 95 kill rate variant and it just spreads like a fire across the world and just piles of bodies and open bonfires, which looks like the image is sitting right next to me now. Just not pyres, religious pyres, but like bonfires of the dead because we just can't get rid of the bodies fast enough. Oh, sorry, I got myself because, because we Because we didn't learn our lesson about how, yes. Yes. how we could contain this pandemic. And if I get to watch... One by one, influencers, Instagram accounts going out like <laughs> fireflies on a summer night as they die off from this variant. Um, the comments of Robert. Brooks, <laughs> where are you, man? You're supposed to keep me <laughs> saying shit like that. Again? <laughs> Sleeping on the job. Um, but no, uh, there is a chance that this like. This time to the side of the bed. Yeah, he hit. He went in. heard me start. Um, the difficulty, the jokes aside, is that. Yes, these areas are where the variants would pop up because it spreads through a rural community and they have to hop on it by like like firefighters. It's like, oh, it's really bad here. Jump on it and get that fire down. And then, oh, now it's spread over here. Now jump on it and get it down. And when you do that, and rather than kind of like address it as a countrywide thing, um, variants pop up and it, eventually we'll get one that the vaccine doesn't work for. Yeah. And then when you try to do the firefighting thing on it, one of those firefighters takes it home to his family and then somebody gets on a flight to the UK and then from a flight to the UK to the United States and now it's worldwide again. So, um, and as part of this, there the U.S. is sitting on a vaccine stockpile. Uh, we have not approved the AstraZeneca vaccine to be used in the United States. Yeah. Or they approved it and then removed approval. I can't remember exactly, but... I don't think it was ever approved. There was health I concerns that popped up while it was going through approval, I think. Yeah. But we have millions of doses of a vaccine that will not be used in the United States. We don't need it to hit our vaccine goal. We didn't even need the Johnson & Johnson to hit the vaccine goal, even though they're pushing that back out now. Um, and there are places in the world, like India, that are really looking and saying 50%, 40% efficacy, we'll take it. Because we can go back around and give everybody the Pfizer or the Moderna or whatever. But if we can get a, a tamping down if on we, this yeah. thing, that's what we want right now. And... Um, as you can see from the infographic next to me, if, if Roberto will pop that up, India is in the midst of a crisis, and yet they are honoring their export agreements when it comes to the vaccine. And yet you'll notice the United States and the United Kingdom have exported exactly zero doses of the vaccine. So the Western world has basically said that we're keeping this and fuck all of you. Meanwhile, just like 
you know, a, a microcosm of this is the the neighborhood where the rich guy doesn't do shit for anybody, but all of your poor friends will basically Venmo each other the same $15 to buy a sandwich just around. Everybody's yeah. got different paydays. So it's just like, yeah, I get paid on the six on the six. I transfer the money to Corey. He gets paid on the 15th. So, uh, on the 15th, he passes it to Roberto gets paid on the 22nd. And by the 22nd, he sends that back to me. We're just passing the same 15 bucks around yeah. for a sandwich. Um, that's what the, 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 the developing world is doing. They're just sharing as much as they can amongst each other, despite the fact that they're all fighting this thing and seemingly fighting a losing battle. And it's unfortunate. Um, and when we should be leaders, uh, here we are about to celebrate uh, or, or watch the celebration of a 100-day victory lap. Yeah. Which makes me feel a lot like that meme of the guy, uh, the podium, and the guy who's in fourth place, like, biting the metal and spraying <laughs> the champagne on himself. Like, good, good job, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we, we did it. Um, I mean... You know, the concern for America was always going to be America first before anyone else. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of, of time for campaign. Who's, who had the campaign that was America first? I feel like that was uh, uh, the Trumps. I uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. The Trumps. But uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I I totally understand the situation that we're that we're in right now. I, I would like the AstraZeneca stockpile to find its way to people who it could help. Uh, Instead of just rotting in American warehouses? Right. Yeah. But I, I think that there is kind of a, in my mind, the best way to get to uh, the global the global herd immunity that we're looking for Yeah, is there's got to sort of be a mad dash of get as many people vaccinated as you can in your place first, and then we can worry about, like, it's kind of the version of put on your mask before you put on a child's like. Yes. Like on the plane. <laughs> yeah. Because you know like, good if you put on his mask and then you pass out. Yeah. Nobody can help you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's no perfect way to do it because there's no ideal health situation. or There's no like the World Health Organization is the closest thing we have to a global health body. Yeah. But they're so toothless that there is no point in uh, <laughs> worrying about uh what they're gonna say because they have no impact on getting other countries vaccinated like i will say i am glad to hear you finally come around to my proposition that we outlaw religion generally speaking all across the globe because Wait, what uh the pro one of the i mean <laughs> i mean i i'm not i'm not saying no i'm just okay right. I, 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 I didn't out. i didn't say yes yet though either so let's so one of the problems in India, uh, which is also a problem in the United States, uh, although the religion's different, obviously. Yeah. In rural India, you have a lot of uh, very strong Hindu believers uh, and some Sikh believers who are not doing the vaccine because they just believe that it's not. Uh, and I am not educated enough on the Hindi uh, Hindu belief or the Sikh, uh, Sikh belief systems to accurately comment, but um, not they don't want to put a vaccine in their body because they don't think that it's it, it is kosher with their religion to use yet another religious word. Yeah. They don't think that's kosher. So um, this we are seeing in the United States as well. And what I called this uh, section is evangelicals are a problem and <laughs> they are a problem. Um, the evangelicals in the United States are turning coronavirus into a money making opportunity. Now, that shouldn't surprise anybody because they will turn literally anything into a money making opportunity. As you might remember, there was a hurricane in Houston, and the uh, megachurch preacher there shut the doors 
of the church yeah. during the storm while people were dying outside, but opened the doors of the church when he had a non-free soup pantry after the storm. So you could come and get soup that you paid for at his church afterward because that's what Jesus would do. Yeah. Um, but they're telling their, belie- their uh, congregations not to take the vaccine. And uh, some of them are, in fact, offering alternatives like a vial of holy water, which, as you might guess, is tap water blessed by this particular person. Yeah. And um, to do that instead of getting a vaccine. And in fact, some people are not even going that far. The person who's in the image, if you uh, yes, the image that's next to me now uh, is a megachurch preacher out of South Florida. Uh, who is a kingmaker in South Florida. If you want to run for president in South Florida, you have to go see this guy. Trump wins all. Um, He also was invited to the White House. But he is just basically telling people, Jesus will keep you safe. Have faith. If you have enough faith, you will survive. And um, this is the scheme to meet all schemes because if the person dies, you can blame them for not having enough faith. Yeah. And if they don't, then you can be like, see, I was right. And shouldn't you give me more money? Absolutely. Uh, And that's not as maybe as the grift of like the holy water grift is a real like dollars to grift kind of situation. But the like, I had a 2% death rate in my church, which tells me my people, they're big believers. So if you are a big believer, why don't you come to my congregation? That is almost a longer term grift. I I just, the griftiness of preachers real just well i mean specifically like televangelists and like particular yes because like you know like uh, i my dad's a preacher not a grifter just yeah i mean like there's plenty of feel like i'm doing good cop bad cop now but i'm there's plenty of good preachers out there (laughs) my dad doing it on the straight and narrow and my dad never charges for any of his services now if people give him a donation for coming and preaching that's fine he takes the money because it's a job and that's what he does for work but he i mean he doesn't even charge for the holy water i came in i just did well, the thing and it was just there it didn't, also Protestants, i didn't have to put a coin in or nothing protestants aren't supposed to do holy water that's a whole that's <laughs> ah, another one fuck. of the things like yeah not only I had a are perfectly you, good joke there <laughs> not only are you uh selling holy water we don't believe in holy water <laughs> like maybe you could argue that it's jordan river water which is like to protestants that's like the closest thing like yeah it, jesus bathed in this water not the same water. It's a river, but uh, he bathed in this ri- in this water. But we don't do the blessing of the water. Like when when they do like a, a what, Catholics do the what the thing with the baby where they drip the water on the floor. Yeah, yeah, and stuff. yeah. Like and well, some, not only that, but we got the <laughs> we got we got the father just like shouting it oh, out yeah. across the in entire the, <laughs> in the <laughs> church, right? Yeah, yeah. walking See, down the aisle. I got baptized in a swimming pool at <laughs> camp. Any body a body of water will do. Dirty septic pond, it don't matter. Jesus will protect you. Hallelujah. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Uh, anyway, so this is what I've realized. I really got. I also, my... I also like when the when the uh, the Catholic priests come out with the with the smoke. With yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. urn too. Like that's a good. I felt the first time I saw that I was in New York, uh, and I said to myself, like, it's a fucking Undertaker. <laughs> 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 Just the guy like coming down. There's a bell ringing and just smoking. I'm just like, we gonna get. 
He gonna get it from the taker today? <laughs> thank God. Thank God you weren't at a funeral, just waiting for the corpse to sit up all of a sudden. But I, this, I really just, realized. <laughs> the, the woman on the organ just like. Wait, I'm just picturing you, sallow-faced, little pale, in a suit. I mean, that's basically Paul Bear, right? Like, I mean, we're getting pretty close here. Um, oh, I need the mustache. <laughs> but no, uh, that I was really, quite a laugh from Rob. Yeah. No, that was the Paul Bear laugh. That was his like, <laughs> he would do like this crazy yeah. high pitched laugh. He also talked like he was, it was all up here. Like I was just electrocuted. Yeah, basically. Uh, like he had died and come back, which I oh, think was his backstory. By the way, this is completely off topic, but I just remembered it. And I need to tell you guys right now because I have a video that I'm going to show you later. But I think the general audience needs to know this as well. I was at a Figgit 7th earlier today, and uh, there was a woman in a wheelchair uh, who didn't look like she needed. The, it looked like uh, somebody who takes one of the carts at the grocery store. Yes. Uh, as opposed to a wheelchair that's like something she uses all the time. Uh, but they had a child on a leash as well. And the child on the leash was like a dog, like pulling, pulling the wheelchair like around big at seventh. And it's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. I've <laughs> you have that on video. Yeah. I don't know why I, just I would like that. that because I would like to mean the <laughs> shit out of that. Uh, anyway, to the point, uh, I have realized I need to give this religion thing. This ADHD church. just, hit yeah, me I was going to say, I, I wasn't going to make fun of your ADHD, but that was an ADHD moment. If we've ever had one, um, I need to get this religion church thing started because I have so many grifts just, just buried back here, just waiting to come out. Holy water. Fuck. <laughs> that's, that's, that's amateur shit. I need you to step. Those are, those are amateur numbers. I need you to get those numbers up. If you want to play in these leagues. Well, you know, uh, uh, there was a Biden was talking about, uh, there being a time where, uh, if you wanted a vaccine, you could get a vaccine yes. and that there would be a point where demand uh, no longer meets supply. Um, and one of the places where that has happened already is Texas. Yeah. Uh, but it's not because not for the reason not that because he was planning. 100 percent of people are vaccinated but because enough people are vaccinated and the other people in Texas aren't going to do it. And uh, God, this is just. Turning into a real fucking clusterfuck. So I am thinking that maybe these evangelicals are partially right. Maybe God, this is part of God's plan. Maybe he wants to kill off all of the <laughs> dumb people. And as part of his plan, he has his preachers saying, don't get the vaccine. So those people get it and then either are sterilized and or die. So, I mean, I mean, my God was about killing people all the time. That's I the Old Testament. Yeah, I mean, like... You know, I, I, he, he, any indiscretion, he would kill people. Well, he's a little so, more subtle now. It's not fire and brimstone. It's uh, holy water in a bottle instead of a vaccine. Yeah. So, you know, by the way, uh, if I sell you holy water in a bottle during a time when there's a vaccine, what are the odds somebody poisons themselves by injecting holy water into themselves? Just, are we going to get at least one case where somebody injects that holy water? I just wonder what the, what the uh, legal framework of the sale is. Like what kind of protections are written in the fine print of it's the a, sale? No, no, no. It's not a sale, sir. It is a uh, it's a weed contribution sale in DC. to this. It's sir. a weed sale in DC <laughs> for a fifty dollar contribution. We will send you this vial of holy water. So but what you are, do with un- it at that point? These are unconnected things. You. <laughs> uh, you're donating. We're sending you a gift. These are not connected in any way. 
Uh, you are purchasing a sticker, and after you purchase that sticker, I am gifting you this much weed. Yeah. Now, we just so happen to have those things associated up here, so you know <laughs> how much weed we'll gift you with every single sticker. This drink for a stripper equals a dance that she chooses to give you because you bought her a drink. <laughs> Always comes back to stripper. Um, okay, so uh, ter- speaking about... Uh, Men and women who uh, will do anything for money. The Oscars were last night. And um, the major issue that I have uh, coming out of this year's Oscars uh, has nothing to do with the show, even though, I mean, it sucks. But it has to do with the fact that, uh, once again, L.A. did what L.A. always does and just cleans out hundreds of people from the place where they call home um, so that people on camera don't see, or people at home don't see the LA, the LA homeless problem. It is a, I, I don't want to say plague because that makes it seem like the homeless people are the problem. The LA not addressing the homeless problem is a problem. Yeah, the yeah. Rent costs in LA is a problem, not the people who are actually on the street, but it is an unbelievably huge problem here. And instead of saying like, well, listen, Union Station looks like how it's going to look. We can build a thing outside, but I can't move the guys across the street. They live there. They said, uh, let's bust everybody up and ship them to Burbank for the day. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, if you saw the Oscars, what you didn't see was that, uh, across the street, what looked like a very beautiful park had been inhabited by a hundred, 150 human beings, uh, yes, the day before the Oscars. And they were just basically roughed up and moved by guess LAPD, yeah. um, the day before to get them out, uh, so that they wouldn't appear on the Oscars cameras. And just so you know, this is a LA problem as opposed to a. The Oscars, I'm sure, were just like, I'd, we'd prefer the homeless people not be there. And the L.A. was like, oh, of course, we'll take care of that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, L.A. does this a lot, where it's just like, the big events is happening, so let's get rid of all the homeless in the area. Uh, yeah. Just wait till the Olympics. It's a whole city. We're gonna oh, God, it's, ship it's going to ship everybody to Vegas. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> Buses get you just back. start showing up. Get like- you back. <laughs> yeah. Um- Orange County is like, you do- I do this to you, <laughs> not to you, to us. <laughs> uh, it's... I think it's it's not an Oscars decision, but it is exactly everything the Oscars stands for. Because well, I, I mean, I like, what, why don't we kick out all the homeless people before we give the movie to the best picture to Nomadland? I mean, I, like, yeah, it, it's <laughs> the Oscars are uh, essentially a mostly white business giving themselves a pat on the back and a. Uh, three-hour masturbatory session for the best of what they do now. There was more people of color and more, uh, I don't want to say films of color, but themes of people of color in film yeah. um, than more diversity in themes than there have been in many previous years. Uh, Moonlight won in a year where I believe it may have been the only story of people of color that was nominated. Uh, I can't remember what else was nominated. That year. I mean, La La Land La La was La the Land. one that the like, whitest <laughs> fucking movie ever made. Yeah, was the other one that was like deep in the consideration there. But. Well, that's because you remember that because La La Land won. Oh, wait, no. Moonlight <laughs> won. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good job, guys. Um, but I, I still say like that is it is a microcosm of the city as a whole. Uh, it, like for the cost of what it took to put on these Oscars, which we got one year of reprieve from, just that one year of glorious Skype Oscars where everybody was. Oh, in we didn't. Pajamas. We had we had the Oscars before COVID. Oh, was this it? This is the first one. Yeah, what they award just pushed show, it back. What award show was on Skype? This year's Golden Globes. Last year's Golden Globes. Yeah. No, Golden Globes was before the Oscars. 
Yeah, there, there there was a couple that a lot of award shows since COVID started have sort of done this like the Emmys, I was Skype the slash yeah, like live element to it. The, somebody's uh, on stage live, but yeah. everybody's at home, and then they throw it to videos of people sitting in a, like home somewhere. Yeah, I I want that uh, instead of spending four hundred thousand dollars on a production where we could have housed uh, a lot of people. Uh, yes, I know, yeah. but <laughs> all I'm saying is if we spent a thousand dollars per homeless person in the, in that area of union station, we could house all the people that we just moved out for the show. And by people being there, I guarantee you they're the million dollar gift bags. were also a part of this fucking adventure we went through. Just it, everything about this is wrong. And yet it's an industry I choose to want to be a part of. Um, and all I can say is I have written my Oscar speech I will guarantee if I ever win one. Is it going to be like Andrew Day? <laughs> during the- uh, it's going to be Frances McDormand uh, 10 years ago. Not this year where she was just like, it works I like work. for itself. <laughs> yeah. I like work. Thank you. It's going to be, um, you know, uh, I'm a white cis, uh, cis head uh, male. And um, if anything comes from this, I promise you it will be this. I am going to kick the door open so that people can tell their story rather than people like me telling your story. That's it. Yeah. So, um, I would promise to give that speech, not some sort of like, Oh, I thank God. Even though I fucking talk about how I don't believe in God every time. And no. thanks to my mom and dad who both discouraged me highly from moving <laughs> to LA. This. Like there will be none of that. It'll be just like, thank you for all your encouragement. Fuck that shit. You told me to not quit my job and stay there. So watch from home and enjoy seeing me on TV. Um, uh, maybe thanks to you guys, but like in the end, it's just like uh, we we're becoming a part of something, and I really want to do what Kirk Cobain said and become a part of the machine and ride it from the inside. And that probably means I will never work again after I get the Oscar. <laughs> but you know, it worked out fine for Francis McDormand, so we'll see. I mean, she's one away from uh, Audrey Hepburn for most Oscars all time by yeah. a, by an actor. So uh, yeah, so maybe they should say something. <laughs> Start nominating people like her. And you know what, Audrey Hepburn never yeah. showed up to a single Oscar teller. Like. <laughs> So that was the she dinners. was invited 16 times, never showed up once, won four awards. So uh, maybe there's something to be said about uh, not giving a fuck about it. Well, I mean, I, she was also worried about getting groped I mean, by the also, head of MGM through all this. So. Also, Anthony Hopkins uh, didn't show up <laughs> to the Oscars, didn't do any like interviews, didn't do shit, won Best Actor. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, fucking Anthony Hopkins, 83 years old. He lives in Wales, seems to be having a very happy life, being disassociated from everything related yeah. to Hollywood. Uh, I don't think he has to fucking schlep his way over to L.A. for the Oscars mm. or even to London for, like, the the uh, BFI, like, secondary location, yes. satellite location that they had. Uh, P.S. Oscars. Uh, um you moved around the show for only the second time in history, which I thought was the first one, but Corey corrected me, was the second time Best Picture was not the, the last. The only other time was when they gave an honorary Oscar at the end. Everyone knew who was going to win it. Yeah. It was all planned out. Uh, you Chaplain played yourself. Too. You, you <laughs> played yourself when you moved everything around, not knowing who the winner was going to be. And by the way, you make all those big at changes. Least, you can't peak the envelope just to see if maybe we fucked around. At least, a bit. It's, at least, uh, if anything, it gives you the the security in knowing <laughs> that they literally don't know what's going to happen <laughs> until that envelope opens. They don't know shit. So my question to you is: that the people who win who were remote, is there a guy standing there with a fucking Oscar, <laughs> and then they're like? Not Borat. And he walks away from <laughs> you're just like, oh. 
And Man, he walks back up, and they're like, "I was thinking about that." Sasha Baron Cohen. Like Florian Zellner won it for writing the the uh, the father. Yeah, he's like in Paris, just like standing in front of like the Eiffel Tower or something like that. A green and screen then, like, outside of a really dirty hotel. And then all of a sudden, someone just hands him an Oscar, and he's holding it. Yeah. So like the guy was like standing off camera with the with Oscar. The Oscar. <laughs> So like, was there if he didn't win, would they just, would the guy just be like, bye? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like float away. Like, I hope so. I you know I love Sasha. Florian Zellner's like, can I just look at it? <laughs> I love Sasha Baron Cohen, and I feel like if there was a guy there for four awards <laughs> that he won none of, he's like. I'm gonna get that fucking statue. We're gonna about to get the best. They'd Sasha have Baron to have. Cohen. They'd have to have a fake one there, right? They have to. They have because, like, what if he won? Like, yes. <laughs> like, they'd have to have some guy with or, like. Or there's a box, and then <laughs> when they announce the name, they rip off the box at the same time. Empty box, and you're like, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> oh, PWC put this one together too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, as far as the actual show goes. Uh, there's a lot of people complaining about the lack of clips. I didn't like that. I thought that there should be more clips. Well, if it, for no other reason than like you didn't see the father. No. Uh, if you would have seen a clip of Anthony Hopkins and the father, I think you might have walked away from it saying, "I want to see that movie. That looks interesting. He looks really like he's doing a really great performance in this. I'd like to see it." When it's just sort of like you know Laura Dern going like, "You know, your performance really spoke to me in a way that performances haven't in a long time." Like you don't know Daniel Kaluuya. Like <laughs> why are you? Yeah. And, Why are you like going like, going on like you know again if if I if me and Roberto were nominated for an Oscar and you came out and you were just like I'm here to present who who is going to win the the best nap of the day in Hollywood between Roberto <laughs> and Corey the only Oscar that's ever going to be qualified you in this would house. be able yeah. to speak like you yeah. know about who we are and you would know like the number of times apparently that the camera pointed at somebody who was not the nominee. <laughs> Like, yeah, to some other person well, who's sitting at the table. And I did say, like, Regina King, I think, went and sat at a table with somebody who she had then talked about during her speech. Yeah. I fully believe she knows that person and she probably meant everything she said. The other four nominees, that she was reading a yeah. script about a person. Like, And uh, listen, it was years ago that we started doing the pictures so that people who weren't educated about the things that we talked about would have an idea of what we were talking about. Should we change and just start describing an image that would be here if... Uh, is that better if we just describe like let me? I, I saw an infographic and on that infographic there were seven countries and on, and on those seven countries two of them had zero one had 55 one had 63 like no just show me a fucking clip of the thing and I will have my own emotional reaction to it I will say this uh, I think that it, it it didn't do anything for an audience who wanted to look in uh, I don't think the Oscars was great for like middle America this year yeah. right uh, also, Avengers and, wasn't nominated for anything. So. Well, and I mean, well, like, <laughs> Regina King also said, like, made some sort of uh, remark about political statements up front. Yeah. And then I feel like every single thing was a political statement from that point on, mm-hmm. at least from the eyes of somebody who's like, you Middle know, like, America in Topeka yeah. watching the Oscars. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what's going to win this year? Like, uh, and I, I think there's more of like a it makes you look like more of a regular American if you say you hate the Oscars. Like, oh. then. Yes, regular America. Join my co- I'm <laughs> I am just like you. Um, but I think that uh, there was probably a part of being at the Oscars last night, which would have been way better than usual. Because like, yeah, think super about spreader it. event. You get COVID. Well, no, I mean, you know, hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen. We'll find out. Uh, I hope that it doesn't because they also were setting it up earlier, going like, 
we're do we're handling this just like we do on set. So when the camera's on, the masks are off. When the camera's off, the masks are on. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're s- spreading people out. We're we're treating this just like we would s- sets, which is what we've been doing safely. And so if everyone fucking gets sick, then as, it's not gonna look good for like how we're doing it on set. As she's saying that, and they pan the audience, not a fucking mask in <laughs> sight, except. Frances McDormand with her mask on. I'm like, yes, girl. Yeah. She's my spirit animal, by the way. 100% my spirit animal. Uh, but what I imagine was nice about the Oscars last night, if you were invited, uh, which for some reason I wasn't. I mean, it's right down the street and I wasn't invited. Um, uh, perhaps my invitation got lost in the mail. I don't know. Uh, Could but be the- a podcast where your co-host <laughs> talks about how much the show sucks. Yo, fuck that Corey guy. Um, no, uh, you know, they kind of circle people in and out based off of like what categories were about to get called and stuff yeah. like that. And a lot of the people were hanging out outside and like in the uh, train waiting area. Yeah. Union Station is a train station. Um, so like not everyone was who was there was sitting at the tables the whole show. There yeah. were people outside for periods of time. And that would probably make it a lot better as a networking thing, like walking up and talking to different people because, you know, you're outside waiting for your category to be called. You can just start talking to people as opposed to at the Dolby Theater where you're in a room with, you know, all these people and you can never get up like you you can't get up to go eat. There's no eating. There's no drinking. There's no anything. You're just sitting there for three slash four hours waiting for (laughs) you to find out you didn't win best picture. So, uh (laughs) Like that one, at least from a invitee standpoint, I imagine was a lot better than it had been before. Listen, it's a pleasure just to probably be probably a lot more chill experience. It's a pleasure to be nominated. Uh, I'm flattered. I don't have to win. To, oh, oh, I did win. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, is that Brad Pitt? Yeah. Uh, can I fillet you backstage? <laughs> Jesus. What? That like happened. I, mean, I, I don't know what to say. It's, you know, Brad Pitt. Uh, moving on. Uh, can we uh, talk a little sports ball? See, I was giving him time to set up the clip. Nothing. Nothing. If you, too, are looking for a producer who (laughs) shows up just before the show is there, does no actual producing, doesn't realize that you're trying to give him time to set up a clip, let us know. I got somebody who can help. And it's not producer Brooks. This person also has opposable thumbs. Uh, <laughs> anyway, go so ahead. won't sleep during the show most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> um, so we don't talk about European soccer here ever. 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 Yeah, it's not a sport. I understand. Yeah. Um, but this Super League thing is so fucking fascinating to me, mostly because of how like. Horribly wrong it went so quickly. Oh, we and love how, grifters. We talked about grifters earlier. In and the how show. quickly everyone involved had to like flee for the hills because it was so poorly done. So the worst part about this is there's no way to explain European soccer. By the way, I watched like a good solid thirty minutes of videos explaining how European soccer works. So yeah. now I can speak on it at an expert level. <laughs> uh by the way call it football there oh you know that oh football is this news to you well i mean uh, that would be in italy uh and in spain but in the uk they would just call it football well yeah but you know like uh football it's this uh the in america we play that with pads and stuff so (laughs) uh but apparently there it's a soccer game 
but they call it football. Oh, so, okay. All right. <laughs> now I know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and basically the biggest, most expensive, most like high level teams uh, decided that they were going to start a separate league uh, that they play at the same sort of time as the Premier League would play or the Champions League would play. Uh, and basically just be another event that could equal another title. So basically and that's not odd though, just for clarity. Yeah, so if you are a uh if you're Manchester United, you uh play in the Premier League, which is the English uh soccer league, English football league. Uh and at the same time you could play in the Champions League, which is the best teams throughout all of Europe. Yeah. And then there's other little events. There's basically four big titles that you could win. Uh if you win three of them in a year, then you've it's considered like basically a sweep. Like you've done you've done an incredible thing. And if I'm Premier is not of them in just the UK because uh, no, it's just England. By the way, just England. Wait, wait Premier is not just England, isn't there? A te- I think I thought teams in France. There's a team in France that plays in the Premier League. No, they play. Just the, just they play the in like a French league that could potentially play in the Champions League. Okay. so you might hear about a French team playing Manchester United and, and that's think about it. Championships ideal, league. like think it's all Premier League, which yeah. is what I did, but they're all different. And this was like a LA Galaxy was trying to get into Champions League, and they theoretically could have if they were in Europe. Be- but they weren't allowed to because it was European football teams only. Yeah. But I think Beckham was making the push of like, why not let some American teams come in and play? Because he was like, nobody cares about this fucking sport. And I'd like to go so, play in front of a crowd. So here's part of the problem. Uh, uh, FIFA, the, yeah. the, the, which we have talked about, oddly enough, we've talked football about FIFA. Internacional, Federacion. Uh, association or something. Like, yeah. Was that not even close? Roberto's giving me a shake. It's not football internacional. It's like, it's Federacion, like Federation. Federacion Internacional Football Association. No, because fe- the Federacion is the association part. I thought it was one of those ones that does it twice. Does both? Oh, because <laughs> they don't know any better. And they can charge twice. Uh, <laughs> well, it'd be a pretty dumb league if it was just called beef. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, FIFA's got some some kick to it you know you can't turn it away all those middle uh, america people <laughs> who play fifa soccer know that it stands for federation internacional <laughs> football and they're like the fuck is this <laughs> um but yeah it, basically there's no way to explain this in american context but uh the one that made sense to me and rob is uh, Maryland for a long time played in the ACC and then all of a sudden for money purposes decided that they were going to play in the Big 10 uh, only for money. Only for money, for no, no other reason. And all the rivalries and things that were important to us that was Maryland basketball or football, mostly basketball, for our entire lifetime uh, was uh, gone. Just All of a sudden it's just like, no, Duke and North Carolina aren't your rivals anymore. Now it's Michigan and Ohio State. And we're Who? just like, huh? <laughs> so, you know, in 30 years when a kid who's growing up on all this doesn't know anything about the ACC – Maybe it'll be better at that point, but like starting a brand new league that was going to run in competition with the FIFA UEFA uh, thing that was going on was uh, so basically uh, they decided to announce this new league like it'd be no big deal. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, UEFA and FIFA said anyone who's involved in it will be automatically uh, disqualified from the Olympics. Mm. And then all these all these soccer players or footballers yes. uh, were like, uh, this isn't what we signed up for. And then uh, everyone backed out yep. one after another until and now there's no teams left in it. 
and the Super League is dead. By the way, more than that, uh, because they were like, I don't know about this thing because we're going to be banned from the Olympics. And then Super League, in their like second day of planning, not even existence, was like, also, we're going to have a salary cap. <laughs> and uh, essentially, we're going to help control uh, wages across all the leagues because... You know, you can only play for the teams in Super League if you have play under this contract. So you could go play for Chelsea and only play Premier League, and maybe you'll make a lot more money. But you're not going to play Championship League, and you definitely won't play Super League at Chelsea. So maybe come to Man U, you make a little less, and it'll help control wages. And the players are like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> uh, what? What? No, 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 no. That's not what we want. And essentially, like, you lost the fans, but you lost FIFA. And then you lost the fans, and then you lost the players, and then the owners were like, I don't understand why people don't want us to make money. What is, the, <laughs> what is wrong with them? This um, is a sport about making money. What are you guys... And literally, the, the only thing this was for was a money-making scheme by I, the owners. And that's the that's the craziest part. It's not even like... There, there seemed to be nothing in it for anybody except for the richest owners. Yeah. And, like, you know, it, it again, it's really hard to put it into American context, but, like... It's good for Major League Baseball when the Yankees and the Dodgers are in the playoffs. Yeah. Right? Like, financially, it's good for them. But they can't just say that they make it every year because they have to earn it. They have to actually make the postseason to to make that happen. Uh, but this is almost like, a, you know, like, oh, they work so hard every year, they should just make it on their laurels. Like, they should just be allowed to be in competition regardless of whether or not they are but, successful. But Super League would have had its own playoffs. That's the thing. So it, it's like... NFL if the NFL had two seasons running at the same time and there's a league that is just the Packers the Cowboys uh the the I don't know what the richest teams are Patriots and then they're like so like listen Patriots are also good in the NFL most years Cowboys are good some years Packers are good some years but we want to make sure that if you want to see the Packers in a playoff position you could also watch this other league that plays every other Sunday. Yeah. And in that league, there's only 12 teams, or there's six teams plus six invitees. So you're going to see them in competition. <laughs> yeah, no Packers matter what. always make it. So you yeah. don't have to. And uh, funny thing Jaguars, they've been invited a lot of years. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, it, but it turns into the Harlem Globetrotters, where you're just like, we want teams we can beat up on so that our favorites end up in the playoffs every year. Yeah. And, um, that's essentially like man, as you pointed out, Man U's worried that uh, oh well, we have to spend so much time and effort and money to make sure that we're competitive every year. If we had a league where we would almost be defaulted into the playoffs every year, that would be great. Yeah. So no matter what, we are a championship team or in in running for the championship, even if we're not Premier League or Championship Champions League. But it's funny because it literally came out the like the day before we podcasted. I didn't know enough about it to talk about it. I heard of it. But I it didn't was know football, anything. so I didn't care about yeah. it. And then literally by now, it's just done. It's yeah. dead. Like the, <laughs> It's like, hey, we got a new professional football league, and it's gone. <laughs> so, um, But speaking about uh, the good football, uh, the NFL draft is coming up. Real this, football? Yeah. Football, new, uh, football Norte Americano, as you <laughs> might call it. I like to just call it Football International, <laughs> the real football of the international community. I I. I I think that's soccer. I'm pretty sure football international is uh, is soccer. Roberto but. is is his head is going to fall off from shaking so vigorously. <laughs> um, the NFL draft this Thursday. The Ravens made a trade to get a second first round pick, mm -hmm. uh, getting uh, shipping off Orlando Brown to Kansas City. Yes, um, which is fine because we weren't under any circumstances going to be able to re-sign him. 
and uh, uh, it's better to get that first round pick and the extra picks that we got from doing it um, makes good shrewd sense. What doesn't make good shrewd sense is trading Lamar Jackson. I was going to say, is, now imagine what we'd get for Lamar if we traded him. There was this stupid article written by Bucky Brooks on NFL.com that somehow, just uh, because it's ridiculous, that's like, that's why. You say every stupid, so often, that was the most clicked on article all week. Every so often, somebody will make a, will make a, write an article that's just designed to get people to talk about it and get attention and get people arguing and getting the blood boiling and stuff like that. Yes. You could have done the same exact thing with Tom Brady and the Patriots going like, listen, this run ain't going to run forever. You might as well get value for Tom Brady by trading him right now. Uh, he's on a cheap deal. Like you could just get another quarterback and just replace Tom Brady with that guy. It turns it, out not didn't work out. So well. It doesn't work like that. Um, in in the in the column, he brings up the examples of Joe Flacco, mm-hmm. who never won the MVP like Lamar Jackson has already in his career. Yes, uh, and Jared Goff, who is hot garbage, and <laughs> uh, and both these quarterbacks went to the Super Bowl. Uh, Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl. Yes. And the reason why Joe Flacco got that contract was because we already had a Super Bowl winning quarterback that we just let go because we were just like, no, Dilfer isn't that good. We can replace him with anybody. And then we couldn't. We spent 10 years trying to replace him with anybody. (laughs) Uh, Joe Flacco. uh, I love Joe Flacco. I will not speak an unkind word of Joe Flacco on this show. Uh, Historically, that's not true. But uh, at this point, I won't. (laughs) Now that. Now that he's no longer with us. Uh, <laughs> I don't speak ill of the dead. Sorry. <laughs> Listen, he's going to get that Philly starting quarterback job. Just you watch. Uh, the uh, the thing that bothers me is that, like, Lamar is one of five quarterbacks in this entire league that uh, uh, you, you just have to resign him and just be done with it. It's going to cost a lot of money. Patrick Holmes costs a lot of money. You're not going to replace either of these two people. You're not going to replace LeBron Jackson. You're not going to replace Patrick Mahomes. It's stupid to think that you're going to draft Justin Fields and he's going to be the new quarterback of the of the Ravens because it's just foolishness. Who whose jersey did you get? Uh, the, the Cardinals jersey that was the number one draft pick. Leinart. Ah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. How'd he work out? Not well. But <laughs> I, I'm saying that this is a bust. Like. There's 55, I, I just heard this the, uh, earlier today, 55 uh, quarterbacks taken in the first round since 1998, right? And of those guys, uh, 26 of them are good, decent starters. Not even superstars, not even like franchise quarterbacks, just Joe Flacco types. Played a game. Reasonable <laughs> starters for your team for a considerable amount of time. Yeah. Uh, you know... Joe Flacco is not John Elway. They're not the same players, but they both had long careers where they were successful yeah. at different levels. Uh, they're both considered good. 26 of 55 are, is what we're looking at in first-round picks of quarterbacks since 98. So it's not – you don't look the gift horse in the mouth. Just We have a, a transcendent talent who could potentially do amazing things. You just lock them up and you figure it out. This whole army idea of like – you know, you can just chip in new players and stuff like that. Why don't we talk to somebody who uh, uh, didn't coach for Army, but coached for Navy and kind of a similar mm-hmm. ideal going on here? Bill Belichick, who forever with the Patriots dynasty that he's just been running <laughs> like uh, like just uh, just championships every year, basically, was 
Tom Brady sticks mm-hmm. around. Everyone else is disposable. Yeah. I, I don't care about anyone else on this roster except for Tom Brady. I can make a change. Doesn't yeah, matter. I can, do, I can do literally anything. I can change people around. It doesn't matter. As long as Tom Brady's there, I'm Start, good. Starting wide receiver went down. Hey, um, where's it? That kid who hangs around the locker room? Woodall. Yeah, out here. Yeah, put the helmet on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's a great athlete, but he's like five foot tall. And like... <laughs> If I have to give you a booster seat in order for you to see the quarterback over the fullback, it, we're going to have a bad time. Um, no, but I do. I want to use one example. Two quarterbacks. Yeah. Matthew Leinart, taken mm-hmm. in the first round. Yeah. Bust. Yeah. Tom Brady, taken in the sixth round, dynasty quarterback. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I'm just saying that, like, uh, you may not, you may find a diamond in the rough. It may be the first round or not. But when you find him, you should stick with him. Yeah. Um, it's the only thing you can't replace. Like, it, if you happen to be the 49ers and you have Joe Montana and then you draft Steve Young. Yeah. And then eventually Joe Montana leaves and Steve Young becomes the starter. That's fine. You know, if you're uh, the Packers and you have Brett Favre and you draft Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers sits for three years and then eventually starts. Mm-hmm. Steve Young sat for two how, years behind who am I? Now. Who am I to complain about who you choose as your backup quarterback yeah. and how long it takes? Like, you know, if the Ravens draft a quarterback this year, I'm not freaking the fuck out. They, they're going to need a backup at some point in, the, in this. Like, you, you can't just hope that Lamar is healthy the, all the time. Like, you also, know, if you draft, he might have to go to the bathroom or something like that. You, you got to get somebody in case that happens. Worst case scenario, you draft another Lamar and then you trade away your non-franchise quarterback, your starter who was here first. For nine draft picks in two years when that guy, it looks like he could be fantastic and crazy. But yeah, I I think that the Packers example and the 49ers example are fantastic for that because essentially Joe, uh, Steve Young sat behind Joe Montana and uh, uh, Rogers sat behind Favre and they reached the end of their contracts. And then basically Favre said, I'm done. I'm going home. And then said, wait, I'm not done. I want to come back. And nobody went. But both. Uh, but the example of both Montana and Favre was after more than a decade with the team. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. They both had long career. Like they had their second contract per se that Lamar hasn't gotten yet. So yes. if you want to talk about in you know like you know ten years or five years when Lamar looks like he's coming up, you know he's got three more years on his deal, and we're not going to sign him for another one. Uh, if you want to start drafting the quarterback of the future, then and just have him sit. Fine with it. I don't care. Well, and draft the backup quarterback right now. If he turns out great, then he could just be a great quarterback who's sitting behind Lamar. But in in both the Favre and the Montana examples, there is a list of quarterbacks who were drafted while they were the quarterback. Yeah, because that is the thinking. It's like we can we need a good backup quarterback. We're going to take a third rounder, and then they turned out to be starters somewhere else in the league where they traded a third round pick for a first round pick because you need a quarterback. I got a really good guy yeah. sitting my bench every week. So I'll make that trade for you. Great. <laughs> um, but you stick with, you stick with the franchise guy. Yeah. And by the way, Joe Montana, Brett Favre could not play in the NFL today. So also, neither one of them would be good. Also, uh, a lot of these people who become franchise quarterbacks, <laughs> like, Oh, we need to get Brock Osweiler. Yeah. Don't work out. So maybe let's just shut the fuck up. All right, Bucky Brooks. All right. <laughs> I think we've done enough here today. <laughs> Wait, is that a version of the? Uh, I think we've done. We've done no, something. No, uh, that's not. That's not where we're at yet. Right okay. now, where we're at right now is onlyanthem.com. Cordo the anthem.com. The anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listening line four four three two one nine seven five nine five. 
What's that number again? 443-219-7595. Pro- reason- <laughs> Producer Roberto just on top of it. <laughs> on top of it. He's going to just walk one of these days. Just- to where? 12 feet in his room? <laughs> um... <laughs> You can find more of me on my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com. What are you doing? You're falling up. <laughs> Sorry. Brooks is having a situation. Uh, you can find more of me on my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, I had a video that came out recently, <gasps> uh, and I have another one that's coming out about historic Broadway theaters in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. In the next six to eight weeks. Um <laughs> And everybody who thinks I talk shit about him when he's sitting here, just wait till he walks and he's 12 feet away. <laughs> oh, my God. Once that bedroom door closes. It'll get terrible. Uh, but, of course, uh, thank you to producer Roberto for his service. Uh, you can find him at R-T-O-A-Z-N on all your social networks. Uh, and if uh, you are looking for a very talented actor and a mediocre producer or a mediocre producer, you can reach him at Arizona Acting, A-R-R-I-Z-O-N-A-C-T-I-N-G at gmail.com. He is available. He is nearly fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated? Fully vaccinated and ready to work. So uh, hit him up. Um, if you are a collaborator who wants to collaborate on a collaboration, make sure you <laughs> hit him up. You can find me at Robert Enchik on all your social networks. Make sure you check out robertenchik.com. We can find more about all the projects that I'm working on, including the revamp books, which will at some point be available on Amazon. Barrow's books. Thank Sorry, I was drinking. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm editing now more of the uh, unboxing stuff uh, and Roberto really wants me to mention that he wants you to watch those videos and compare them to the old ones and then tell me that they are better than the old ones where I just turn the camera on and do a review. So uh, let us know what you think. All right. Well, I think we've done good here today. (laughs) We've done something. I don't know if it's good, but as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network for Corey and Roberto and producer Brooks, who... Oh, how you sleep like that, boy. (laughs) This is Rob. Have a good week, everybody. We should start our own football team. Listen, I got a rehab. I got a religion. (laughs) I got a lot of pots on the stove. Listen, we could join. You could join the Premier League. We just got to work our way up the ranks. That's all. all I'm not moving to the England. I'm not moving to England at all. Why don't we just get people to do it on our behalf? (laughs) 